Welcome, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to the Change Your Thinking, Change Your Life podcast. My name is Michelle Burkhardt, and I am your host. So on today's episode, we are talking about what in the world is a false belief. Okay, so I'm going to explain how a false belief is not necessarily right or wrong and give you some examples of how a false belief can uh, really run our lives without us knowing it. Right. Uh, and then we're going to talk about the ABCs of learning and growth. Uh, so I want to approach that in a little bit of a different way than we have in the past. Um, so get your notes or your, you're going to want to take notes for this one today. I promise you. Okay. There's so much in this one. Uh, and I'm still going to try to keep it rather simple. Okay. So get your pen and paper ready and enjoy. Right. So what in the world is a false belief? Okay. So a false belief, remember the last couple of days we've been talking about your success mechanism. So the, the, I guess the, the downloads, the programs that you have in your mind that help you go towards success or not. Right. And then we talked yesterday about imagination and how that helps in that process. So a false belief is something that is squarely in your success mechanism. Um, And it typically keeps you from the success that you want. Okay. It, it isn't necessarily wrong. It's just not as right as it could be. Okay. So, you know, in our culture, we, we have a fascination with dichotomies, opposites, right? Right, wrong, good, bad, black, or white. I'm much more of a fan of continuums. I think when you think in in terms of continuums, there's a lot more possibility and options available to you. Okay. So um, right versus more right. We we talk about that in our house all the time. You know, that we don't want to call anybody wrong on anything that they're saying. We just want to say, okay, well, this person might have some more information. So therefore, you know, they might be more right than you in the moment. Okay. I know a lot of people, when I share that thought, they get a little worked up, a little riled up because, you know, they believe in absolute truth that there are some things that are right and some things that are wrong. Now, listen, I'm not saying that I don't believe that certain things aren't, you know, right or wrong. I'm just saying that a grand majority of the things that we approach on a daily basis are neither right nor wrong. They just are. Okay. All right. So false beliefs, um, they are typically, uh, things that you believe about yourself. Okay. They could also be things that you believe about other people or how the world works, but the ones in my experience for myself personally, and for hundreds of coaching clients that I've worked with, typically the false beliefs that you're experiencing are about you and some way related to some limitation that you have on yourself. Um, these false beliefs are downloaded into your autopilot, right? At different times in your life from different sources. Okay. Um, I'm going to give you a couple different examples of how people are able to, um, I guess, identify and change their false beliefs some rather quickly. Okay. Uh, so this episode is not really, how did you get the, the false belief? Where did it come from? That kind of thing. Because that, quite frankly, is is very individual. And, and those sorts of things really get teased out in the coaching process. 
I just want to approach the idea with you of when you notice that there's a false belief about yourself or a, let me say, limiting belief, right? So there's a belief that limits you. What do you do with that? Okay. So the first example I think of is from many years ago. I, um, in the field of education, I had many roles. One of the roles I had was as a, um, reading intervention specialist. So I would come in and I would test students on their reading ability and write reports. You know, this, this child has a problem with comprehension. This one has a problem with vocabulary, whatever. Um, and then I would, uh, be consulted to come in and work with children to help them read better. So I was actually working with this. Um, he was five, almost six year old and it it was a family member that called me in and said, Hey, listen, everybody in his class is beginning to read and he's not, um, please come help him. And I said, okay. So I came in one day and I sat down with him and we were just playing because that's how you, you talk to kids that young. You just sit down and play. And all of a sudden, you know, there were some books that, that we kind of looked at and, um, I could sense that something was off. And I, I realized pretty quickly, for some reason, he has this belief that he's not a reader. And I was like, okay, well, we can work on that. So I spent, I don't know, two, three hours playing with him until it was time for him to go do something else. Uh, at every opportunity I possibly could, if we, you know, he was, um, looking at a book and he talked about something in the book, I said, oh my gosh, that's awesome. I can't believe you just read that. Right. Um, or he would see a word that had a letter that was near his name. I would say something like, oh my goodness, you're right. You're such a great reader. Okay. Now some, you know, looking at this interaction might have said, Michelle, that's really annoying. Why did you do that? Right. But you see, after three hours of working with this child and basically instilling in him the belief that my belief in him, you are a reader. Um, the next day he went to school and he, guess what? He was able to read. Now I'm, I'm not saying I taught him how to read in two hours. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying he already knew how to read, but he had a belief from somewhere that told him he wasn't a good reader. He needed somebody to come in and say, Hey man, I see it in you. Just be awesome. Right. And then he was able to do that. Okay. Now, let me tell you another example. Many times I get people who come to me and they want help uh, speaking. Okay. So, you know, as a, a professional speaker, one who gets out there and does hundreds of events every year, um, you know, after a while, somebody will come and say, oh, can you help me? Can you help me? Right. Now, there's usually two two topics, actually, that, that coaching clients uh, that I am working with are focusing on. So they're usually leaders, right? So they're, they're, um, people who are leading groups of people, whether they are in, um, the business field as an entrepreneur in the education field, right? So there's two topics. One is usually how do I have difficult conversations with people and how do I communicate better? So how do I speak? Maybe how do I run a meeting? That kind of thing. Okay. So the one thing I have found is that your belief about what you can do in those two situations will drive your behavior. 
So I have seen very young leaders believe I'm a young leader. I, sh you know, I, I'm not going to be good at talking to, to this older employee and having a difficult conversation. Well, guess what? Belief drives behavior. So if you believe that you're not going to be good at it, you're not going to be good at it. Right. And I have seen, um, people who had amazing stories and examples to share with the world, not go out and share them because of their, their fear that somehow they're going to say the wrong thing. Okay. So if you, if you feel like you're going to say the wrong thing and mess up and you're not going to help anybody, guess what? Belief drives behavior. So you're never going to go out and share your story. Okay. Does that make sense? All right. So I also want to share this with you. Um, you know, we, we've talked in the past about disc personality profile. Um, so I'm not going to tell you everything about disc. I just want to tell you about four main personality styles and how it shows up. So for example, um, for the, the D type individual, they're very driven. They're very determined. Okay. They're outgoing and they're task oriented. They love to get stuff done. They want to see results. Okay. They want to see results from themselves and from others. And they typically drive people to get, get stuff done. And when it comes to having difficult conversations, they don't necessarily have a, a hard time doing that, but what it takes to have a really good, difficult conversation and have a result come out of that, they feel like that time is being wasted and I could put it into something else. Okay. So they, they have no problems coming into a situation and telling somebody what to do and they expect that you do it. But sometimes you have to have a, a hard conversation with somebody that might take a little bit of time and in the end, it's going to get you your result right? But they see, oh my gosh, it's wasting my time. Belief drives behavior. If you see that, that hard conversation as something that's wasting your time, you'll never do it and you won't get the result. If you see that difficult conversation as, okay, I know I'm investing my time so I can get the result. Guess what you're going to get at the end? The result. Exactly. Okay. So do you see how that belief drives behavior? All right. So let me tell you about the I type individual. The I type is outgoing and very people oriented. The life of the party. They love to have fun and they love people. Okay. They struggle sometimes with systems, processes, procedures, like, ah, who needs to do all that? Right. They love to have fun and they see these difficult conversations as not fun, right? Which they aren't fun. And they, they don't always see, uh, when you have a, a candid conversation like this, or I call them crucial conversation, uh, you actually maintain the relationship on a much deeper level. Okay. So sometimes when I'm, I'm working with clients who are, who are I types and I see, okay, they're shying away from this because they, they believe that it's not fun. Um, we got to change that belief. Okay. Make sense. 
All right. So the S type individual, those are um, people who are very supportive. They, they tend to be a little on the shyer side. They're reserved and people oriented. So they, they love to, to have relationships, peace, harmony. They don't like a lot of change. They want everybody to kind of, you know, let's just get along and, and do our thing. Right. So when it comes to having a crucial conversation um, with a leader who is an S-type, sometimes it's very difficult because there's no peace, there's no harmony in that crucial conversation. And so believing that that conversation is not going to get what you want will keep you from doing it. However, ironically, if you don't have the crucial conversation, guess what? You never get to the peace and harmony part. Okay, so you'll never get what you want. So changing the belief for that person really centers around, okay, when you have a crucial conversation with this person, how are you helping them grow, right? How are you supporting them in their growth process? That speaks to an S-type individual, okay? Belief drives behavior. And the last one um, is the C-type person. So this is the reserve task-oriented folks. They are uh, very cognitive, a little cautious. They love their research and their data. Um, They're just people who love to learn and grow. Um, They tend to be a little bit more on the individualistic side. Um, So they they look at candid and crucial conversations as why. Why do I even have to do that? You should just know what to do and you should just do it. Okay, when you see how that belief might keep you from from actually making a change. Yeah. So one of the things I find valuable for the C type individual, especially the higher the C they are, is that, you know, when we structure it, hey, what can you learn about the process of having crucial conversations when you have one? So it's, it's shifting their focus just a little bit. Okay. Or what can you learn about that person when you're having that conversation? So, so really what we've done is, is we've changed the uh, fear for each one of these personality styles and we've changed it into, okay, the, the thing that you want. Okay. So shifting that belief just a little bit will drive your behavior to actually go and do it. Okay. If you, if you believe it's not going to be of use to you, you're not going to do it. Does that make sense? Okay. I really need that to make sense in your head. Say, so you're going to change the belief about whatever the hard thing is that you're thinking of the difficult thing. And when you change that belief, you change your behavior and you change your life. Okay. Now I want to quickly go over the ABCs here. Um, we've talked about the ABCs of learning. Anytime you learn anything, there's awareness, belief, and core principles. Okay. So this is your challenge for the week. Okay. I want you to do the ABCs. So you're going to pick one thing that's just difficult for you. Okay. And I don't know what that thing is for you. Uh, maybe it's having conversations. Maybe it's speaking. You know, I know a couple people are reaching out. Hey, I know I need to do Facebook lives. I don't know how to do that. Maybe that's your difficult thing. Um, maybe your difficult thing is recruiting a new teammate member or whatever your difficult thing is. Okay. Pick one difficult thing. Now the awareness part of ABCs is what are you struggling with? Okay. 
what is difficult. So just thinking about that. This is the thing. If I were to ask you, hey, James, you know, what's difficult for you? You could say, okay, Michelle, this thing is really difficult for me. And maybe some thoughts about why it's difficult. Okay. And then the next thing, the belief part, you just sit with it a little bit and you say, what do you believe about yourself and others related to this difficult thing? Okay. What do you believe about yourself and others related to this difficult thing? And then the core principles that is asking yourself, what do you need to know? Okay. Now you may, you may have an answer to this one. You may not. It's okay. If you don't have an answer to that one, that's okay because the answer will come to you. But sometimes just asking yourself the question, what do you need to know? It kind of breaks something loose in your head and you're like, oh yeah, I got to know that. Right. So uh, for example, when I was working with a client actually about three weeks ago, um, the awareness came to him that, Hey, I, I got to get better at this speaking thing. I I see that, you know, this is where I'm headed in my business. Um, I don't want to just be a one-on-one individual coach. I also want to get out there and I want to speak and I want to train. Great. Sounds good great awareness, right? And I said, well, what do you believe about yourself and others? And he said, well, as far as myself, you know, I believe I'm a very inexperienced speaker and I don't have anything to share. And I was like, okay, well, that's not really going to help you, is it? (laughs) And so we, we worked on that and we realized, wait a minute, as we brainstormed, we came up with like 10 different topics that he could talk about for 15 minutes with no interruption. I said, boom, there you go. You know, you know, what, what you can speak on. And I said, oh, okay, we've got to build your confidence with your speaking. So what are some ways that you can practice that? So he came up with, you know, daily practice through podcast and Facebook live. Awesome. Great. And we're going to check in, you know, every week and see how's your confidence level with that. Okay. Now the, the core principle part of it though, comes from you know, there's, there's several core principles when you're, you're speaking, I am not going to share them all, but three of them real quick, I can think of our content delivery and audience. So content, of course, you know, what, what are you going to speak on delivery? Um, you know, how long are you going to speak? What method, what platforms are you going to use? And then audience, who are you speaking to? So for example, if you're going to speak about leadership, well, who, which leaders are you going to talk to? Right. And so for him, the awareness was, hey, this thing is really difficult for me because I haven't done it so much. And the belief was, okay, this is what I'm currently believing. And I am standing there as the expert saying, wait a minute, wait a minute, borrow my belief in you because I think you can do this, right? And then the core principles are things he's going to learn as he practices. Does that make sense? Okay, so... As you're doing your practicing, as you're learning more, you will increase your confidence and you're going to change your belief in yourself and in the process. And throughout that whole thing, what happens is, guess what? You change your behavior and your life changes. So rather than sitting and telling yourself, whether consciously or unconsciously, I can't do this because anything after your because, write down. And let's make a plan to overcome that because, all right? 
That's what your challenge is this week. Do one, pick one difficult thing in your life. It can be any part of your life. I don't care which difficult thing it is. Do the ABCs for it. See what comes out of it. And please, if you need any help or you would like, you know, somebody to bounce ideas off of, email me. My email is in the description. I offer this all the time. Very few people take me up on it. Email me. I would love to make sure that you're on the right track with that. Okay. Awesome. Hey, Thank you so much for showing up today. I really appreciate it. And with that, I release you into the wild. Go forth and prosper. Have an amazing day and we'll catch you next time. All right. Bye-bye.